Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a best ever listener, you'll get a best ever discount. Mention best ever and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hi there, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and almost happy new year to you. This is another episode of Skillset Sunday, the last Sunday before New Year's, and I hope you've had a wonderful 2014, um, and I wish you nothing but the best in 2015. And, you know, on that note, I was thinking back and reflecting on 2014, and I was like, I think this would be a good episode to discuss um, some of the things I've learned in 2014. Uh, the three lessons that are standing out right now um, that I've learned in 2014 because perhaps they could be applicable to you um, and what you're working on, what you're going through. And then um, I recommend that you sit down and you know, take 10, 15 minutes out of your day today and write down the lessons you've learned in 2014 because you know, it's incredibly important to um, write down what we've learned versus just think it. Because when we write stuff down, we're using a different part of our brain um, and we're documenting it so that we can go back and reference it later. One, it's a better way to learn from the past. And then two, my gosh, it's a great way to show progress for where you've been and where you're at now as you look back on it. Um, so in no particular order, the three things that I want to share with you from, from 2014 that I've learned, um, and this is this spans from both a real estate standpoint and then also a uh, starting business standpoint uh, because you know I, I've started multiple, multiple businesses in 2014, 
Um, I think in the last 18 months, um, I've started six different businesses. Three of them have flopped, and then three of them have gone well, and I'm still working on them. Um, so with that being said, let me, let's get right into it. Number one is that development deals take a very long time. I've witnessed that firsthand. You know, I've been working on a large multifamily development deal since about March of this past year. Uh, it's an off-market deal, so I can't talk a whole lot about it until we get it under contract. Um, but I've had on my monthly goal board to get that sucker under contract uh, every month for the last three or four months. And for various reasons, we haven't done it yet because there's a lot of due diligence that's involved with developments. Um, you know, I've never done a development before. I've, I've purchased multifamily, but a ground-up development uh, venture is completely different animal. Uh, therefore, I'm partnering with someone who has done that before um, to walk me through um, the ropes because, you know, if, if I tried to do it on my own, uh, wouldn't be setting myself up or, uh, most importantly, the investors up for success. Um, therefore, I'm, I'm splitting the deal with a partner and we're working on it together. And the speed of this development deal is just slow um, for various reasons, but primarily it's because uh, there's just a whole lot of work that's involved um, to, to get it under contract, more so than a, a pre-existing construction multifamily property. Um, and that's one takeaway I've learned because I've been working on it pretty much for the the majority of 2014. Uh, one of the one of the things I've learned from that development deal is that density equals dollars with development. The more dense you can make, so meaning the more you can build in a, a space or you know in in um, on a piece of property, the more units you can have the more dollars you can uh, command for the property. So what's key with development deals is to uh, see what it's zoned for, get it under contract, and see if you can increase the zoning on the property uh, because that will increase the value of the property. And that's uh, one of the things we're trying to do right now, which is one of the, one of the reasons why it's taking a little bit longer. Um, the, the second thing that... I've learned in 2014 is that as a business owner, uh, it, and I'm talking about at any profession in real estate, whether you're a broker, you're an investor, you're a property manager, you're uh, a pest inspector, anything, the power is in serving as many people as possible because the more people you serve, the more value you're going to add and the more dollars that will ultimately come back to you. Um, and specifically, what I've identified is this podcast. This podcast is a great way to give information that is valuable, that is condensed and actionable to to uh, everyone you know to everyone out there. And one takeaway for you might be. You know, if you have an opportunity to serve more people, if you're good at one thing, and by the way, you are good at one thing, create a platform to educate people on that thing that you're good at. 
Uh, it could be you know a certain aspect of your business. It could be something maybe even higher level where you talk about in an industry. Um, it could be anything. But I'm a big proponent of podcasting because there's a built-in audience when you launch a podcast. But if, if podcasting isn't your thing, then um, you know find a way to create a database of people through uh, maybe an email um, email campaign or uh, maybe there's you know a, a way to uh, communicate with people through text messages um, and SMS, SMS uh, model whatever it is the key is to f- identify ways to serve as many people as possible in um, the least amount of of effort on your part not to say that it is not going to require effort because, my gosh, uh, at least I know from my standpoint, this certainly does. Um, but doing it intelligently so that you're making the most use of your time. Um, so finding something that you can create and it allows you to serve as many people as possible. Um, and you'll notice that I don't sell anything on this podcast. Uh, the reason why... And I tell my guests not to promote any of their products or services, except at the end when I ask them, "What's the best ever place to reach you?" At that point, sure, you know they can they can mention their website or whatever their their book is or um, you know a, a product that they're they're selling. But I want the majority, the bulk of the conversation, to be be focused on serving and giving you free. Uh, actionable information. That's why I personally don't ever promote any of my stuff. Um, and I focus more on what value can I add to your life? And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, when you do that, when you add the value, uh, when you focus on serving um, and giving as much as you can, and then a little bit more, the money will come tenfold to you. Um, and the third thing, I've I've identified is that if I could be good and if I could focus on anything at all whenever creating companies um there would be there would be two areas of focus actually uh one is relationships and two is marketing because when we're good at building long-lasting relationships and when we're good at uh marketing and uh, really working on the uh, sales side of our organization, and when I say sales, it's adding value to other people's lives, then that really positions our business to grow. That positions our company to, to achieve tremendous things because you know, the more and more people I speak to on the show, the more I realize that if we're selling a widget, then we're going to be just as successful or uh, less or maybe a little bit more um, but right around the same as everybody else selling the widget but if we focus on something more high level and we focus on uh, something that is relationship based so screw the widget we're not going to sell the widget we're going to educate we're going to provide value we're going to serve um, at that point we are playing at a different level and we're able to uh, not compete on the on price, quite frankly, that the competitors are competing on. We're able to compete on the thought leadership. We're able to compete on value. And when you start competing on value versus 
price, then you're getting into the competition um, that uh, Apple plays with um, versus you know being a, a Microsoft product. You know where Microsoft competes based on price, uh, Dell competes on price, Apple competes based on uh, really the amount of value that is perceived when you buy an Apple product. And and I, I know I mentioned three, but I'm going to throw one more in too. And that is one thing I've learned in 2014 is perspective. If you haven't heard about Lauren Hill, um, the freshman basketball player who's suffering from a rare and incurable cancer, I recommend reading about her. Uh, just Google Lauren Hill, uh, probably cancer, and uh, she'll she'll come up. And there's a story that I read about her, and it's just completely inspirational to hear from a girl who has been told she's going to die sooner rather than later, has cancer, has has her different body parts shutting down, but to hear her perspective on things and to hear her say, uh, this is a quote, I want everybody to know I never give up. That stuff puts puts things in perspective. That makes me think, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in my career. It doesn't matter what happens today. I need to put things in perspective so that, you know, it's it's not about if I had X number of podcast listeners on this episode. It's not about if the steel is taking longer. It's about the things that someone in her position deems important. You know, whenever she was talking to her dad about what she wanted for Christmas, she said, I don't want material things. Uh, I just want to spend time with my family. And I think that's why it's so important to listen to these stories and to speak to people, um, you know, people who are 90, 95 years old, and to hear about their regrets uh, or speak to people you know, like Lauren who are facing um, you know, really tough obstacles in their life uh, and hear about what's most important to them because ultimately we're going to be in their shoes. It might not be with an incur- – uh, hopefully it won't be with an incurable disease. Um, hopefully it will be you know, in the 90, 95 years old category. But ultimately, we're going to be at a point where we're going to look back, we're going to reflect, and we'll be like, you know what? What's the most important stuff in life? What do I really care about? And I think if, if – and I'm just going to talk about me personally, um, and perhaps it, it applies to you. But if I focus on things that they find important, you know, family time, less material things, um, you know, my grandmother's regrets. She's 99 years old. If you haven't heard her episode, it's uh, – episode number 99, where she she dropped some knowledge on Flint, Michigan, and um, how to identify market cycles and um, what what she's witnessed, and there's a, there's a big lesson there. But when I was talking to her about her regrets, you know, she mentioned that uh, she wished she had more kids, uh, going back to the family thing, and uh, she wished she went to school, uh, going back to, you know, really... I'm, I I would say that has to do with, um, you know, empowerment and uh, opportunity, and you know, just mentally growing. Uh, so you know, I I think with 2014 wrapping up, perspective is another thing that I've gained, uh, and you know, I I think 
out of those four things, I know I, I mentioned these weren't in order, um, but I ended with the most important one. I ended with the one that uh, is the largest takeaway for me. And I'll leave with a quote uh, from Lauren, and I, I hope you have a a wonderful 2014, and um, I'm looking forward to having a successful 2015 with you. All we have is the moment we have right now. Enjoy your Sunday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 